Hello, welcome back to the Sam Antics podcast. He's Matt, I'm Sam. He is enjoying watching sport this week, and I've not watched any. And that's just the way it is. Well, sausage, yeah, what a week. This oh. is my this is this is Matt Dyer's week for really? uh, for sport. So Wimbledon started this week, and I am a big Wimbledon fan. Um, I used to play tennis as a as a youngling, so Grubba. Yeah, you did. That's right. I I was quite good, and then I got fat. As a one, so I wasn't very good anymore. Um, I haven't really played since. Um, we used to play a little bit, didn't we? Um, when I was living back up there, but bit bit whiff waff, so Grubba. Bit whiff waff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, Silverstone Formula One is in the United Kingdom and will be at Silverstone live on Sunday. Yes. Yes, and I think everyone, um, it's something we could all rally behind is... Hey, I like your tennis pun there. Rally behind. Hey. It's just, please don't... But, well, I mean, in an ideal world, it'd be Arlando, but in reality, it just not... Please. Let's just hope for a Charles Leclerc. You know, Carlos Sainz one two. You know, yeah. Then, then well, obviously, or, obviously, uh, no. Obviously, we want Lewis slash Landor slash George Russell to. Uh, yeah, don't you fucking forget George Russell, you prick! Shout that is. Um, and George seems to be a lot better in that car than Lewis. So mm. there's there's a chance. I just want to see one of them on the podium. That's all I can hope for. Yeah, um, podium for any of them would be the best outcome, wouldn't it? And do you know what else I'm really hoping not to not to see? What's that? Is Crofty utter the words, let's go over to the Red Bull pit wall. Christian Horner, what do you think about this? No one cares what Horner has to say. Literally no one, unless you're a Red Bull fan. But all the other teams, no, (laughs) all the other teams (laughs) don't give a shit what Christian Horner has to say. Anyway, enough about Formula One, Segura. We are on, uh, I don't know, episode 42, is it? I believe it is. 42. And, um, well, let's just get straight into it. Segura, how the devil have you been this week? This week, um... I'm not gonna lie, Matt Dyer. Um, my my heart hurts a bit this week. Um, I just feel like, as a society, we're moving backwards. Like in America, I don't know if you've seen it this week, but they've overturned the constitutional right first set in 1973 um, in a big case of Roe versus Wade, which dictates that pregnant women are entitled to an abortion during the first three months of their pregnancy. Okay, mm-hmm. because it's been overturned. In some states, it could potentially mean that if a woman were to be raped by a family member or or not and become pregnant, the punishment for aborting her embryo would be the same as if she murdered her rapist. And please note, I said the word embryo because at the stage of development, that is the actual medical term for, for it. And I don't like naming and shaming, you know me, but... The justices who came to this decision were Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, who you might may recognize that name, 
and Amy Conan Barrett. So, God, that sounds like a majority male. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad to notice that because that's uh, weird, isn't it? Only one of them can actually go through pregnancy and have an abortion. And the last three of those names I read out were appointed by Donald Trump on the basis that they would actually vote to overturn this legislation. But, you know, it's not all just about America because we just skip over the pond. We come over to our gorgeous shores here in the United Kingdom and the Tory government are looking to shake up the current legal standing of the Human Rights Act. Why, I hear you ask? Because of the recent deportation of the asylum seekers from Britain to Rwanda and the European Court, they basically stopped in to try and stop the deportation. But in effect, what the government are trying to do is they wanted to make themselves untouchable in court in future cases like this, spearheaded by none other than our current Deputy Prime Minister, Dominic Raab, who is currently accused of sexism in the House of Commons after winking at Angela Rayner after ripping the shit out of her in a recent debate. So he, he stood up, ripped the shit out of her, gave her a cheeky wink, and sat down. But what I am honestly fearing, and I'm scared of at the moment, which is why my heart is hurting so much, is I think, I feel like we're staring down the barrel of the greatest threat to our freedom the Western world has seen since a certain Austrian with a micropenis and inferiority complex tries to take over the world and oppress millions and millions. And it doesn't matter if you live in America or the UK, it doesn't matter if you even have a vagina in this situation. Everyone needs to come together and look at what the bigger picture is happening in America. The person, people's free will is slowly slipping backwards in a world where we've actually fought so hard to bring it forward in terms of legalizing gay marriage, um, looking at the person's rights to change gender, women's rights. Uh, then you move on to sexism in like the workplace. You look at racism in society. We've moved forward leaps and bounds on previous generations. It was still nowhere near where we should be on these cases. And now we're slowly turning backwards. My heart just hurts. My heart just hurts. And the worst part of it is, it's like we were saying the other week, there's nothing we can do about it. We, the people who are seen to have a voice in what goes on in, in our country and in, in our courts, and, and we, we have nothing. We have no way to stop what is happening. So you're doing all right then, Sagori, yeah? It's been a week. Oh, it's been a week. Honestly. No, seriously, it's it's a scary thing to look look at because in America, the, the your people are actually talking about marching and the riot word has been used. And all of this is going on when they're still looking at shootings as a, a high. P- people were coming out saying, um, oh, was it? they were saying that they want children in the womb to be protected as much as they are in the classrooms. Well, not well, protected in the classrooms. <laughs> this has just fucking happened. Like, honestly, 
I don't I, I don't know how you you feel about it, but I honestly, yeah, this week has just been quite overwhelming to see over and over again this happening um, on the news or social media. It's yeah, he is. Yeah. Other than that, um, did a work presentation on Monday. That was quite good. Oh, oh good. <laughs> yeah. I what did I do over the weekend? I didn't actually. I had a nice chilled out weekend actually in um, in my my flat, which was quite nice. Nice relaxed. We went to the gym regularly, mainly because I've been annoyed. So I just want to work out to kind of yeah, release some anger. But other than that, I die. How have you been this week? Well, as we alluded to there, so grow up. Hey. Good word again. There we go. Um, it's a good week for me so far in in regards to the fact that Wimbledon has started and Silverson is this week. Hmm. Uh, we haven't just got Formula One. We've got Formula Two. We haven't even just got Formula Two. We've got Formula Three. We haven't even just got Formula Three. So we've got the W Series as well. It's all kicking off. It's all kicking off. It's all kicking off at Silverstone. Um. And, yeah, still a few problems with my eyes, as I said last week, but they are slowly getting better. And if it sounds like I'm getting a bit sniffly, I think I'm probably getting a cold or COVID. So, you know, let's hope it's the first option, eh? And... um, The deadly virus to hit you again. No. And yesterday, so I bought a milk frother. Milk frother? Yeah, I thought I wanted to make some proper hot chocolate don't want to make it with water um and therefore so i got a proper milk frother gave it a go earlier since you have a video actually and um it's it's very good it it, it heats my milk it froths my milk it's uh it's brilliant what more what more could you want from a frother and heater and uh so yeah there we go that that's pretty much all that's uh that's up with matt dyer I've got to admit, it looked very satisfying. It's um, it's very good. I am a big fan. It was only 20 quid as well. Well, about 25 quid, I think it was. That's all um, right. So um, hopefully it will give me many, many good hot beverages. Now I'm going to pass over to the angriest person I know. Matt Dyer, please take it away. Well, hi, everyone. I'm back again. And uh, I've only got one for you this week. However, it's a corker. It's it's something that's really annoyed me. And it kind of echoes what uh, Sam was saying in the intro about everything being fucked up at the moment. Um, Or certainly... The Matt Dyer equivalent of that. Yeah, this is. That. Um, so I went to um, went to see my family over the weekend, and um, it was my stepdad's birthday. So we went to a popular pub slash restaurant, as Boris Johnson would say, mm. uh, chain. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant because what I'm about to say is pretty strong and I don't want to be sued. But it's the one where you used to be able to go and get salad from the salad cart, but they're doing away with that. So, you know, we we all know what it is now. So, Sakura. Yeah. The delight when we got there 
25 minutes early. So we thought, oh, we're early. We'll go and sit in the bar. But Andy went to go and check if the table was ready. And they said, oh, no, it's not quite ready yet. And then the lady came over literally 30 seconds later and says, oh, we've got you a table. So, yes. Anyway, so when uh, when we were going to the table, Josh and I, we um, we saw the salad cart, Sakura. And we thought, mm. fantastic. Fantastic. So yeah, we saw the uh, we saw the salad cart. We thought fantastic. We can uh, go get some pasta salad and a couple of bread rolls. And uh, so anyway, the the woman took our order. I went for the uh, mixed grill sagaba. Oh, ho, 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 can't go you order. can't go wrong with a mixed grill. Well, so I thought. But anyway, well no, we'll we'll get to that sagaba. Let's start. Right. Let's start with the mix the with the uh, the salad. salad. Your salad and your bread roll. Went over there and. Uh, they're still having to plate it for you. You know, you're not allowed to touch a spoon that someone else has touched. That's still a thing, apparently. Probably for the best. Well, I don't know, Sagor. I think it's being a bit pathetic, if I'm honest. But, you know, each to their own. Um, so I uh, was having a quick look round, see what they were. They didn't have any pasta. They didn't have any pasta. The staple of the salad cart the pasta salad. Mm. They didn't have any. I mean, I bet you, I bet you're ready to kick off. I was, I was not happy so far. So I thought, well, there's no point in just getting bread rolls because I'm going to have quite a, a hearty mixed grill. Yeah. Or so I thought. Um, you don't like vegetables. So no, no fruit and veg can get in the bin. So, um, so I sat back down so far, slightly, um, slightly annoyed, but you know, I thought, hey ho, we still oh. got a lot to go. Ho hum. Ho- <laughs> um, anyway, so so uh, so uh, oh, they had. I forgot to say they they said when we sat down that um, they were gonna they were running a bit behind, so dinner was going to be about 30 minutes. So we were like, oh, that's all right. You know, we were here early anyway, so... Yeah, a table for four as well. You're like, it's mm. not I didn't, I didn't think it's too bad half hour for a table of four, but it was Saturday night as well, remember? So, um... Yeah, true, true. So there we go. So the plates come over, so I'm thinking, here we fucking go. Here we go. A mixed grill from this it's restaurant happening. chain. I thought fantastic. How wrong I was. Uh oh. What what happened? The steak. Now admittedly, I like my steak well done because I like to know that the animal is dead. Right, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But the size of the steak, I shit you not. You know my ID badge for Polar Powers HQ? Yes. You know the size of the actual badge? Yeah. That was the size of the steak. Actually, no, I think it was actually smaller than that. It was actually a bit smaller than that. Yeah, that's... I'm, I'm kind of making the shape with my hands. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's too small for a, for a steak. That's tiny. Yeah. Um, chips were in a cup. Obviously, we know from previous <laughs> podcasts that Matt Dyer kicks off <laughs> when it's uh, chips in a cup. So that annoyed me. Uh, the gammon, the gammon was all right. To be fair, 
I think that was probably the best part. It come with uh, peas and uh, tomato. I don't like them, so I gave them away. Uh, the egg was edible, I think. Um, and there was a a pork sausage segura. Oof. Well, yeah, they they cooked the. Uh, if you can imagine a, a sausage, I can imagine a sausage. You've got the the bits on the end, i.e., the end of the sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they that was a different color to the middle of the sausage. The middle of the sausage had been, you know, charred and cooked, and the ends of the, I haven't told you this. The ends of that sausage um, didn't have any browning to it whatsoever. How can you cook the middle of a sausage and not the outside of it? I don't know. Like- so the oh, I forgot to say as well. So the plate, the plate was about the size of a twelve-inch pizza. Okay, yeah, yeah. So a pretty ample plate. Big plate, yeah, big plate that. If I picked up all the items on that plate and put them touching each other, mm. it would only just about fill a quarter of the plate. Oh. See, oh. now that would be acceptable if I was paying, I don't know, 11, 12 pounds like you do in a pub. You know, yeah, a proper yeah, pub yeah, yeah. mixed grill is about that price. Oh, no. With a drink, yeah. 18 pounds Fuck and 99 off. pence. Fuck off. For a bank size. Bank card sized steak. It was... Yep. Oh no, no, no! You gave half the meal away, didn't you? Would you weigh the the peas, the tomato? Yeah. <laughs> oh. So anyway, so I finished all that. I was like, oh, I'm still starving. So I thought, we'll have a look at the dessert menu. So the waitress came over. She said, "Would you like to see the dessert menu?" Or Josh and I went, "Yes, please." Bear shit in the fucking woods, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I just want to highlight that theoretically, if there was anything wrong when she was coming over to give us the dessert menu, she should have said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she gave us the dessert menu and she went away. And I thought, wow, I really fancy a Rocky Horror. You know, the Rocky Horror Sunday they oh, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the staple, the staple of this establishment. And has been for many years. Well, they now do a waffle version of that. So I thought, perfect. So good. It's perfect. The waffle will fill me up from the main meal disaster. You only had half a meal. Yeah. Or a quarter, so Um, And the ice cream will be there, you know, as as, as the dessert as normal. Hmm. So she came over after 20 minutes. We were sat there. Oh, dear. She said, okay, what can I get for you? Uh, and and mum looked at me and said, Matt, I said, yes, I will have the Rocky Horror Waffle, please. And she looked at me and she said, I'm sorry, we haven't got any waffles and we haven't got any brownies. Fuck. The actual fuck? fuck off. Okay. 20 minutes of leaving you sit there as well after your main. I'm sorry, but if you don't have something available for a dessert or for anything, really, when they come over to give you the menu, they should say, we haven't got this and we haven't got that. Yeah. yeah but I'm yeah. sorry, more to the point, who, what restaurant establishment doesn't have waffles? You fucking mix it together and put it in the waffle machine. Yeah. And yeah. mum was like, oh, yeah, they probably buy it in. I said, I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. 
it costs like 50p or something to make a waffle mix when these desserts are costing six seven pounds yeah that is the bare minimum i would expect brownies okay you could probably get away with but half the op- half the options on that dessert menu are either waffle related or have brownies on them yeah because they're like the most popular dessert you, you can- yeah yeah i was raging so she said oh can i get you anything else i said no thank you so so poor Josh. Josh looked at me and could see I was fuming. So uh, mum said, oh, Josh, what do you want? And he went, oh, I'll have the cookie, the cookie Sunday thing. Yeah. He didn't know what the fuck he'd ordered. He'd just seen cookies and, and gone with it yeah. because he wanted the same as me. Anyway, so, so she came back to me. She said, oh, can I get you a hot drink instead? I'm sorry, Ben. It's 28 degrees outside. Yeah, and also you can't swap out. If you ordered like a brownie or something from Sainsbury's and they said, oh, I brought your coffee instead, I'd say, fuck off, you prick. I just. It's not her fault. I'm not angry. I just want to establish here. I'm not angry with the waitress. Okay. She was really good all evening. Okay. She could have said we didn't have waffles or brownies when she gave us the dessert menu so we don't waste 20 minutes of our lives picking something that they didn't have but this comes back kind of to what you were saying in the intro is we are taking such a backward step in society it's 2022 we're in the 21st century we've basically got food shortage because apparently places just don't have anything anymore Mm. we can't afford to fuel our cars the government are like, oh, yeah, okay, go and buy an electric car. Electric cars are double, triple the price of an internal combustion engine car. We're basically in a Cold War with Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You know, the, the whole abortion thing, racism still a thing. I don't know if people have seen the, the, the news this week about Lewis Hamilton being called a, a bad word by an a, a older Formula One driver. Um, who happens to be Max Verstappen's partner's dad. <clears throat> um, you know, there's yeah, still right. homophobia in this world. It's just this, this, uh, and this, I know I say it every week, and we look at it and they are, you know, quite funny that Matt hates the human race. I do. I generally do. Other than the people that I love, i.e. my family and my friends, mm. I hate the human race. Because yeah. we are just, we are all scumbags. We just are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and the worst part is, you and I, as we sit here right now, as white, cisgender, straight, heterosexual males, we have all the privilege and we are still feeling like this. We are feeling hurt because our fellow humans are suffering. So what, honestly, the world, and I thought about this over the weekend, similar to you, Sigurd. And this is this is not planned, by the way. We didn't we didn't no, sit over the weekend and say, "Oh, what can we do?" I oh, will say we're really feeling shit. On yeah. generally over the weekend and Monday and Tuesday, and I know Glenn wasn't feeling particularly good at the beginning of this week either. But honestly, the world is just so shit. And then when I get told that I'm too negative, I'm like, "What the fuck have I got to be positive about?" You give me a, you give me something that I should be positive about. And I'll talk to you about it. But I generally got nothing. I agree with you. I, agree I can't afford to go and get the food I want. Can't afford to go and buy a car. I can't afford, even if I did, I can't afford to put petrol in the car. Yeah. I can't afford to get on the property ladder. 
Yeah. Like, give me something I've got to be positive about. And then you also hear the rumours of the price hike in energy for a second time. I don't. I, don't. I, I, I mean, I've been very good with my mental health recently, but price knows what's going to happen in October. It's enough to drive you, you know, mental. It's enough to drive you to... I, t- I tell you, and, I, and yeah. this, is a, this is a very strong statement to say, Sokora, and I don't mean it to sound dramatic. After Obviously, I'm talking about a pub chain that didn't have food that I want. I know I'm, you know, first world problems. I know that. But come October, when that energy bill price goes hiking even higher, I really want to see the statistics on suicide. Mm. Because if you are a single person in this world, you've got no chance. Yeah, Unless you paid ridiculously well for the job you do, then if you are, fair play. I'm not jealous about that or anything. You know, you obviously work very hard for it. But if you are a single person trying to get on the property ladder, just trying to make one month's paycheck work, it's it's near on impossible now. What's it going to be like in October? No, I agree with you. Anyway, sorry, I've really rabbit on about that. Um, all, all staple. That was a staple cigar. All that all stemmed from the fact that they didn't have pasta salad. So my, it's amazing what things will make you kick off. And, and, and a waffle. <laughs> and a waffle. So um, there you go. That's pretty much my round of view. Just got a couple of mentions, Sakura, if I may. Um, Sakura, I've got, I've got some bad news. We should have done this in the intro, actually. Um, but I do have some sad news for you. Okay, what's sad news? <laughs> you may remember at the end of last year, we had a little funeral arrangement for a Matt book. Uh, yes, the Matt and, yeah. and Matt Dyer being the resurrection hero he is, got the Matt book working again. I don't think you actually spoke about this on the podcast before. Via an adapter. Yeah, we, well, we, you resurrected Matt. the MacBook. Yep, yeah. and it and it did all the podcasts up to episode forty. Yep. Unfortunately, makes me sad to say this. The USBs have given up. The USB oh, slots right. don't work, and Ooh. because of that, I'm afraid to say that the the MacBook has finally passed on. It's with the Angels and Harambe and Dot Cotton now. And I just want to have a minute silence for the map book. Dot Cotton will look after it. Okay, anyway. that's enough about that. Uh, so <laughs> there we go. So go there's, that's my section for the week. <laughs> but I know what's next, don't you? Well, so go I do know what's next. Let's be honest, this is the one thing uh, any of the other content into this week's podcast. It just it's doesn't matter. Serotonin boost. <laughs> it just doesn't matter, does it? It's it's time. So go on. So I'm going to introduce you as normal. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, and Glenn Chamberlain, we are now going to cross for the final time in this storyline. We're going to cross over the bridge of banter, the bridge of terrifying dead women coming back to haunt their husbands and we're going to go speak to our good friend Sekora in our section story time with Sam it's I just matched with my dead wife on Tinder part four the final, the final part Matt Dyer are you I absolutely <laughs> I can't do it. 
how excited I am for this, honestly. We, we actually speak about this because um, obviously our agreement is that I don't read on and I've not read on. Um, all I've done is give it a quick scroll to see how long the actual, this, this part of the story is. And it's quite long, so we're not going to do another story time with Sam. It's just going to be this story. Okay. Lovely. And um, we've been talking about this during the week and both of us are like, if this ends as, and I rolled over, sweaty, yes! to see my wife, Alison, staring <laughs> silently in the I, bed next to me. I, I woke up. It was all a dream. I saw seriously, we've established if this happens, Matt Dyer is kicking off. It's gonna, oh, it is going to kick off and I will join in. I would not be happy. No. Right. Whew, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, are we ready for I Match My Dead Wife on Tinder? Part four, the final chapter. Oh, I can't wait. So, God, this is it. This is, I've waited three weeks for this. <laughs> it's finally here. Okay. Phoebe thankfully accepted that the shower incident was an issue with the water heater. She apparently didn't see Alison's message on the bathroom mirror. She understandably took the decision to walk away from our relationship after that night, though. And I didn't fight to keep her around. I just needed a break from anything intense a few weeks later i woke in the middle of the night to the sound of a baby crying i knew oh, exactly God. where it was coming from and i knew Sorry. exactly why it was there oh so God. terrifying stories are bad enough but when you've got a baby crying oh my god <laughs> carry on sausage <laughs> A few weeks later, I woke in the middle of the night to the sound of a baby crying. I knew exactly where it was coming from, and I knew exactly why it was there. Alison wanted nothing more than to have a baby, and I wanted to give that to her. We tried shortly after getting married, but... Uh, sorry. We tried shortly after getting married, and it didn't take long to get pregnant. She knew it was a girl, so we painted the guest room pink. We bought the girl's baby clothes in the pink crib. We set it up in the guest room, even though there were still six months to go. We were never happier. And then the unthinkable happened, and Alison miscarried. That's all I'm capable of writing through tears about the situation. We kept trying after that with no success, and it actually led to the discovery of uh, cervical cancer. The most painful part of me couldn't help but wonder if the cancer came from or had something to do with the miscarriage. After the diagnosis, we just tried to enjoy each other and didn't get much longer together. I walked to the closed door of my guest room and I could hear the baby crying on the other side of it. Gave it a second, wallowing in the pain of it all, before my anger with the world boiled over inside of me and I threw the door open. My brain was prepared to see the room empty the way it had been since the miscarriage. Instead, I saw that pink crib in the far corner and I saw Alison standing there. No! What? <laughs> All right, well, there goes my theory. 
her back to me, dressed in her sheer nightgown, the fabric barely clinging to her lithe frame. It broke my heart to see that she was looking down at emptiness inside the crib. All of a sudden, the sound of the baby crying stopped. It was replaced by Alison's familiar, staggered whimper. I was no longer scared. I was just sad. All of a sudden, Alison spun round and I saw her face for a breath, her pale green eyes dancing across my vision for just a second. She sent a piercing scream at me. And then she was gone. And I was alone. <laughs> Worse yet. Worse yet. I felt something walk past me as she was standing there in the door. I felt numb. Was, was it her? I cleaned out all the baby stuff the next day and donated it. We'd hung on to it in the hopes that we would have another one. And that was never going to happen. In the collection of baby stuff was a box of congratulations cards that came uh, after we told our family and friends that we were expecting. A card from Addison's cousin, Leisha, triggered a memory. Leisha was a medium. The skeptic in me wanted to write Leisha off, but I hadn't told her I was coming and she had photos of Alison, and I was really waiting on her working table in the living room that smelled like stale weed. She told me she knew I was coming. Alison hadn't contacted her, but she had felt her presence in the weeks prior. Leisha explained to me that at some point in the history of their family tree, that Alison's family crossed something that they should not have crossed in their bloodline, was infected by a curse as a result. A curse that carried all through every family member. It seemed that even those who weren't as afflicted by the internal demons as others, like Alison, something tragic always happened to them. Fatal car accidents, brain tumours, heart attacks at a young age, cervical cancer. Everyone was dragged down into darkness somehow, even if they tried to fight it by succeeding in life. Leisha comforted me by explaining there was nothing I could do for Alison, and I did the best I could, giving her love while I was still able. But she held my hand while explaining all of this. I told Leisha about what had been happening with me and Alison. She took a long hit off a vape. After apologising for doing so, she shook her head. Her long, frizzy hair moved into her face. She gave herself some time to connect with whatever she was channelling and squeezed my hand impossibly hard for a woman who looked like she couldn't have been more than a hundred pounds soaking wet. Leisha explained that Alison's family being around when she passed onto the other side was not a good thing. She thinks their dark en energy 
infected her as she passed over and she may have infiltrated been infiltrated by darkness or a demon on the other side and now that darkness was taking her over and pushing her towards me she also explained that the darkness or demon lived in the cancer that killed her and it may have been affecting her from the very first sprout of it getting into her brain creating the anger that hurt our relationship she also started to insinuate something about the miscarriage but stopped herself she went into the ghost our souls that feel unresolved with their life and that the world and linger trying to hang on to it and demons can act like parasites using those lingering souls that are holding on to get back into and negatively affect the living world and this this may have been what's going on with Alison. Lita explained that the only way to start keeping the last shreds of Alison's stolen and shredded spirit was to get rid of every single thing I was holding on to that was her, both physically and digitally. I didn't want to do it. I couldn't do it. But she assured me it was the only way. She also said that I had to get rid of the tattoo Alison gave me. What? Leisha gave me a mirror and showed me the tiniest letter A etched into black ink behind my left earlobe. I remember the scab and pain there just after the boiling water incident with the shower but I wrote it off as part of the scolding and healing process and then never looked behind my ear. But she explained, Alison must have given it to me around that time, whilst I was asleep. What? So, Ghost so Alison, she, Ghost she, Alison she, has tattooed uh, the letter A behind his left earlobe. Oof. Uh, while he was asleep. Sorry, can I just interject very quickly? You know how last week I said that it was a really awful episode and I was really looking forward to this week? Yeah. I'm shitting myself. (laughs) This is fucking terrifying. Are you ready for more, though? No. (laughs) But yes. Leisha also insisted that I move out of the house where we lived together. I agreed and followed through with it, moving in with my parents. I went back to the house and started cleaning out all of Alison's things. I donated as much as I could to charity. But the last piece was my wedding ring. I stopped wearing it after a year, but I kept it in my nightstand. This was once... Sorry. This was the one recommendation I couldn't completely obey. I didn't get rid of it, as she had suggested, but I put it in a safe deposit box in my bank. I just couldn't bear not to have it exist in this world. I experienced some grace at my parents' house. 
I was there for a week with no disturbances. I finally got some good sleep, some work done, and started eating again. We had a wonderful dinner at home with my parents the first Sunday night after I moved in. Three full glasses of wine made me feel good and put me in the moment. And the wine later helped me drift off into sleep. And kept me there for quite some time. But not through the entire night. Drinking always always made me have to get up and pee in the middle of the night. And I was in the bathroom when I heard it. The sound of music. The music lured me out into the dark living room when I realised it wasn't music at all. It was Alison's voice coming out of the hushed echo dot in the room. It was so low, I couldn't make out what she was saying. I drifted towards the corner of the room where Alexa was was playing to listen. There was a lit candle flickering next to the Alexa. The flame seemingly flickering with the rhythm of the soft words that were coming out of the device. I didn't remember the candle being on when we went to bed. Closer to the Alexa, I could make out some of the words that were coming out of the machine. And what I heard froze me. It was a fragment of the wedding vows Addison and I had read to each other. All of a sudden, my emotions swelled in my chest, and in unison, the dozen other candles in the room ignited with strong flames, casting the room in a pale light all around me. For a split second, I saw a glimpse of someone standing in front of me, next to the Alexa, But then a swift gust of wind came through and knocked all of the candles over and the image of the person was gone. The candle in front of me fell on to a framed photo of my parents with Alison and I, smiling on our wedding day, standing in a golden field on a summer's afternoon. I watched the frame and photos set ablaze with incredible speed. Still frozen. I heard Alison's voice on the Alexa switch from reading reading to simply crying. Those familiar sobs filled my ears and started to get louder and louder the longer I stood there. The flames started to build all around me, yet I couldn't move. I heard my mum scream from behind me. Alison's cries got louder on the Alexa as if they were trying to compete with my mum's screeches. My mum was able to yank me out of the room. We were all able to get out of the house, and the fire department got there as soon after to save the house with only some moderate fire damage. I went to see Alicia immediately. She was waiting on the front porch of her house, even though it was just daybreak, and I hadn't told her I was coming. She was nursing a cup of coffee and a freshly killed bowl of weed. Alicia took me inside and sat me down. She grabbed me by the face and pulled mine closer to hers. And I'll share the words she shared with me. Alison loved you. 
she would never do any of these terrible things to you. But this is no longer her. The darkness has taken over her spirit. There's still some of her and her light deep down inside her. And sometimes it cracks through and sends you some of that sweetness which made you love her. But it will always now only be brief. You can't hang on anymore. You can't. You can keep her in your mind and your heart. That is the only place that she can live for you. Otherwise, this evil spirit will take you down with it and you'll both be haunted. I had to get let go of the wedding ring. Sorry about that, two seconds. <coughs> Has the evil spirit got to you, Zogora? Indeed. <clears throat> I went back to our house. I remembered there was one more thing in addition to the wedding ring of Allison's I hadn't brought myself to purge yet. I also had to get rid of it. Alison always wore the same perfume and I left the bottle in the bathroom at the back of the house because I couldn't bring myself to throw it out. Keeping her scent was one of the things I really didn't want to lose. You said use, didn't you? <laughs> Periodically, I would spray it just to remember her. I pulled the bottle of perfume out of the bathroom cupboard and started to carry it out of the room. I was almost at the door when I tripped and fell. I fell into the counter with the perfume bottle in my hand. The bottle smashed onto the edge of the sink and shattered. A jagged edge, uh, a jagged edge of the bottle slashed across my hand, ripping open my palm. Some of the lick from the perfume splashed up into my face, landing my mouth, dinging my tongue. I straight up inhaled some of the perfume, choked on it, coughed profusely, and squeezed my hand shut, just trying to stop the bleeding. Alison's perfume seeped into my body through the cuts on my hand and the liquid soaked in my mouth. I shook it off. The wounds on my hand didn't require stitches, and that awful taste would eventually evaporate off my tongue. I went to the bank, got, got into my safe deposit box, and the only thing there was my gold wedding band. Staring at me as soon as I slid open the drawer. I scooped it out of the drawer and slipped it onto my ring finger. How loose the ring was on my finger. And it crushed me. Alison was an excellent cook, and not having her around to cook for me and my general depression since she got sick had whittled me down, uh, had whittled down the girth of my fingers. The thing would barely even stay on my finger now. I intended to take the ring back off, but I didn't. I even walked out of the bank with it on. And that, that, is where the descent started. Can I say so, Zekoron? Yes. He's been told to get rid of everything. Why would he then keep something on? That's just asking for trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kick off, Zekoron, isn't it? 
You've already been ticking off. <laughs> I was living in a hotel room when the uh, while the fire damage at my parents' house was being repaired. It was one of those mid-range chain chain hotels by an airport without the least bit of charm or or life and just perpetually dim. My room was at the top floor at the very end of a hallway and it became my dark sanctuary from the world. I stopped going to work. Stopped hanging out with my parents. No friends. No apps. Just me. Sitting in my room. I barely turned the lights on. I can hardly even remember what happened during that time. It was like a movie I can only vaguely remember watching. Bits and pieces come to me, and I, I, I see little snippets of that time, but they, they feel like I'm watching my life and not really participating in it. But what I do remember is a feeling. Being locked in that room in the dark with just my thoughts and emotions, and those feelings were painful and destructive. I thought about breaking the window and jumping out. I thought about drowning myself in the bathtub or throwing the TV plugged in into the bathtub while I was in it. I thought about the steak knife that came with my room one night, came with my room service one night, and what I could do with it. Until one day, my parents and Leisha rescued me. They came through my door one night and wouldn't let me not come out. Leisha took a photo to show me how terrible I looked. Sunken dark eyes, ashen skin, my hair coated with grease. I looked like a person who'd been living on the street instead of a Holiday Inn Express. But then, the worst part came. I had only been in the room for little over 48 hours. It was like my deterioration was in warp drive. I had seemed to age 10 years in a day. Whatever came into me through that perfume had carried me straight to hell. My parents were major skeptics and were freaked out about how Leisha contacted them out of the blue because she was worried about me. However, they were completely understanding and open-minded about the dark power of everything that had happened with Alison that they let Leisha in the room with me alone. She examined me with a horrified look on her face the entire time. I was just starting to come to and the dire nature of the faces and sounds she was making were throwing me into a panic. Alicia said she was going to have to do an exorcism. The power of the darkness was too deep inside of me to do anything else. Going and throwing my wedding ring into the river wasn't going to cut the mustard. I thought that was going to mean just lighting some candles, burning some sage, holding a couple of crosses and making some pleas to the Holy Spirit. Alicia quickly informed me that this was not the case. I watched as Leisha pulled out a syringe, a vial of liquid, and a little rubber hose. Set up, that looked like it would be for shooting heroin. 
she told me the liquid was holy water and she pulled out a blindfold. Now, I didn't believe in God. So how was that holy water going to work? She explained to me that darkness could be affected by something that simply believes in being clean, being holy, being light, and not dark. Holy water was the best she could do for that, even though she didn't believe in God either. Alicia blindfolded me and tied me to the bed. Over. <laughs> and the boy. <laughs> Now's not the time. Now's not the time, Sagor. Oh, Alicia blindfolded me and tied me to the bed. I didn't know it was coming when she slipped that syringe into my arm. I got the biggest head rush of my life when she dropped the plunger down, and I felt myself melt into the soft mattress of the bed. Suddenly, I couldn't move. Everything was dark, but I felt like I was riding on a space on Space Mountain, cutting through the darkness at breakneck speed. Then it all started to slow, and a familiar voice drilled into the back of my head. It was Alison. The old Alison. Derry? Her soft voice, kind again, floored me. I couldn't answer before she spoke to me again. What happened? I took in a deep breath that felt like I inhaled the entire universe into my suddenly heavy chest. I started communicating back to Alison's spirit in the void. You, 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 you've been torturing me. You, you've ruined my life. You have to stop. You have to let go of me. But, but please don't let go of me, Derry. It couldn't hurt more to do what I had to do. I was surprised I was actually strong enough to start forming the statements in my head that I did. I won't forget you, but I have to let you go, Birdie. I will never forget you. But I'll let go of my hold on to you, and you have to do the same. She didn't respond. Please, Birdie, I have to go on. I'm falling apart. She said, it's not me who is torturing you. I replied, I know. I know your pain. I love you. My clear head allowed me to feel something I don't think I would have felt without Leisha's existence. I could feel that darkness was seeping into Alison, like it was filling her blood. I felt it was... Yes, injected into her like the holy water into me when she took those pregnant pauses. I could feel rage building. I could feel it sucking me into myself. I started to lose my cool. She stopped placing words into my mind and instead I fell into just a, a feeling of, of her pulling me deeper into the hole I was in. And I started to feel like I couldn't fight it anymore. Then 
the voice came back into my head. But it was lower, colder, darker this time. Just stay with me. It was a dark whisper in my ear, and I wanted to give into it. I could just let go. It would be so easy, and it would be nice to stay with her. I felt her nails dig into me, and something switched inside of me. The pain, the sting of it, it was familiar, and it woke me up. I'm sorry, I, I have to go. Addison stopped talking again. Instead, she just dug those nails deeper and deeper into me. But I fought it. I pushed myself away, out into space, into nothing. I apologised one more time, without words, and then I felt myself float away. I felt Alison's rage turn to sadness as we parted ways, and I felt control start to come back into my body. I could feel it was her. It was not the, the, the family darkness. Not what took her over. Not that demon. It was just her, and she was saying goodbye now. Goodbye, Derry. I love you, and I'm sorry. All of the feeling returned to my body, just as I absorbed hearing what I'd always needed to hear, and I was ready to go back. I could feel myself crossing back, being in that plain hotel room, by the airport, I could hear Leisha's voice calling me back. I didn't say anything, but I reached my arms out as far as I could. And for the slightest, softest of moments, I felt my hand brush against Alison's. The feeling of the rough scrape of her diamond from her engagement ring press into the inside of my hand. I woke up on the bed, Leisha's face pressed against mine. Relief washed all over her face. How do you feel? she asked. Plenty of wary still in her face. I felt the best I'd felt in a really long time. I felt like I had truly exercised a demon. Holy water can really do all of that? I asked Leisha instead of answering her question. Uh, no. That was, that was ketamine. I just didn't want to freak you out, Lisa explained. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> I don't think anything could have freaked me out at that moment. I was ready to move on with my life for the first time in years. I'm writing this a few years after it all happened. It took me that long to really absorb and remember it all. And be able to properly retell it. Things return to normal. I have a girlfriend, not from Tinder. I have a new house. I have a life. And all I have left of Alison are the memories. Well, I do have one physical item that I did keep, that I didn't tell Leisha that I did. 
I never got the the little A tattoo Alison made behind my earlobe removed. Every once in a while, I will wake up in the middle of the night with it itching and I wonder if it's Alison returning or just sending me a little hello. But then it goes away and I go back to sleep. I almost never see it. But I'll always know it's there. And for me, that is perfect. No way, man! <laughs> that, eh? yeah. <laughs> hey. that is not how I thought that was going to go. No. No. I re- After last week, I really thought it was the sister. Mm. It when was actually a spirit thing. Yeah, and once I mentioned like the 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 cousin, um, I honestly thought you were going to be like, "Well, it's fucking her now, isn't it? It's her. It's her doing it." But no, um, I think that's a yeah, it's a good ending. It's the ending that I was hoping for. I think in a way, because um, any other ending would have been bad. Uh, but yeah, this is um... shout out to the ketamine. Shout out to the cat. No. <laughs> everyone was like, everyone in the comments is like, my favorite is, my favorite part is holy water. Nah, it's ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not a holy exorcism of a demonic entity. Just a secret shot of ketamine to either kill you or have you exercise your own demons. Throw away a K-hole. <laughs> Beautiful. Is, is this a Reddit thing? Yeah. Oh, it's on Reddit, is it? These these four are on Reddit. Yeah, these four parts are on Reddit. Well, so cool. My my question is better. Hmm. I think it's a question that our viewers have as well. Okay. Do you think this is a real story? Oh, that's well, going properly into it now. Hmm. I'm just interested. <laughs> It, it's neither for me to say yes or no. I don't believe in all that, but just because I don't believe in it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. No, no. Okay, yeah. No, I completely understand what you mean. But what I mean is... Do I think this story is actually entire, real? Entire chronicle, do you believe that this has actually happened to this person? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, listeners, let us know. Do you believe it's real? Do you believe it's a made-up story? Do you believe that it's someone else's story being told in a more poetic way? And as the popular share song once said, do you believe in life after love? After love. After love. <laughs> uh, but, Madaya, I do have a bit of a uh, announcement. Oh, God, that wasn't you, was it? No. You're not Derry. I am not Derry. Oh, thank Christ for that. And I would never call anyone birdie. (laughs) Just have to to point that out. Um, No. Due to the feedback we've received after doing these last four weeks, I'm happy to announce that from next week, we will be starting... Another. That's right. Another. Yes. Series. Yes. That is great news. 
this one is called Fever Cabin, and it's got five parts. So for the next five weeks, we will be going through Fever Cabin. Well, we'll always remember this one, so Grover, because this is the first one. You always one. remember your first. You do. <laughs> you do. Always remember your first time, so Grover. And our first time together was with Alison and Derry. I mean, In... God, now that's what, what a foursome. Wow. Uh, uh, oh, well, we can't for- forget. Is it Alicia or Alicia? Alicia and Phoebe. Uh, Don't forget about Phoebe. Oh, we've got a six-way going now. What's a six-way called? Oh, and and uh, parents. So there are eight people now. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got an orgy here. <laughs> an incestual orgy. <laughs> Moving away from that, though, shout out to the author of those four, uh, Jame Gum 724 on Reddit. Shout out to you, my love. My love. No. Wait, my, <laughs> <laughs> my lover. Shout out to you, my lover. Oh, dear. So go on. Oh, what an ending. I just feel that like it's, it's over now. Those, those four, we've got it nice wrapped up with a bow. Do you know what? I feel the ending was perfect. Yeah. However, I cannot get the sight of a dark room turned nursery with a baby crying yeah. and the mother cradling the baby that's crying, both of which don't actually exist in that world. That she, wasn't f- holding, she, or, or she wasn't holding the baby. It was nothing. Uh, it freaks me the fuck out, whatever it is. And it's a pink crib as well. Scary stuff, Sigur. Scary stuff. Well, quite, kind, of, um, kind of sad that that's over, but I look forward to next week. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... It's really, really kind of got me enjoying, like, actually just reading out a story like this that's got parts to it, not just, like, drama, like I think I said last week. But it's also the fact that people are talking to us going, oh, my God, I can't wait for the next episode. I can't wait for the next, like, part to this story. I mean, special special guest Glenn loves it. Yeah, he's like, been living for this. For this, <laughs> like it's incredible. Yeah, and I think we we've basically been the same, to be honest. I mean, oh, you you read obviously the first one, didn't you? First so, two, I the first two. Yeah, I think I'll. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but um, I'm going to read on. I've read about half of the part one of. Um, I'm going to read all of part one. If it's not good, then I'll just move on. To, you know. A, a, options but yeah i'm excited to see see how the reaction of the next story goes and yeah this is the future of story time with sam actual stories not drama <laughs> good stuff and that is what we've got time for this week well so we're gonna stop you there oh Holding my horse. We're going again. And we're going with another dramatic reading of a popular song that Matt Dyer likes. Okay. This this one is completely different to all the ones we've had so far. Okay. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. Well, we're all in the mood for a melody. And you've got us feeling... All right. Now John at the bar is a friend of mine. 
He gets me my drinks for free. And he's quick with a joke or a light up your smoke. But there's some place that he'd rather be. And that's a great is uh, the Billy Joel classic. Piano Man. Piano Man by the Piano Man. Yeah, whenever I hear that song, I picture um, that episode of Glee where um, Mr. Shoe and Neil Patrick Harris are seeing that in the bar from like season one. Oh, Just that, was share so that, long. that was so long ago. I know. I know. Anyway, that is indeed all we've got time for. It is indeed, Sacrobra. It is indeed. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. sorry. It is indeed. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> kicking in again. I was thinking about that as well. Um, yes, as always, thank you so much for listening. If a week is too long to wait for your Sandman antics fix, other than the previous episodes you can go and watch, they're all, they're all on your, your, so, your streaming service. But uh, how can our listeners get their fix? They can visit our Instagram page, which is at Samama Antics. They can also visit our TikTok, which is at Samama Antics. They can go to our Facebook page, which is the Samama Antics podcast. You can send us an email to Podcast at gmail.com, or you can just search our name, Samama Antics podcast, in Acast, as we are now Acast content creators. A part of the Acast Creator Network. Woo! No way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all there's left to say is, I'm going to go to watch Love Island now. We'll chat oh, to you next Oh, fuck week. off. Oh, just do one, will you? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs>